Hi, welcome back to The Outliers, your favorite podcast about anything and everything all of the time, like that Bo Burnham song. Um, as always, you have me, your host, McLean Hirschfield, and of course, always with me. It is I, Tyler Toledo. Um, and before we get into the meat of what we're talking about today, I'd like to thank Sarah, who made our cover art. Uh, by the time you were watching this episode or listening to this episode, uh, we just got our art for this episode, and uh, she did a fantastic job. Uh, now, she can be found on her podcast, which is a fantastic podcast called It Came From the Sea, um, sea as in water, ocean. I Came From the Sea is a podcast mostly about the ocean. Um, and unlike uh, and unlike us, Sarah is an expert in what she talks about. Uh, she, from, she talks about most of the subjects she became familiar with t- studying oceanography in uh, college. And uh, it's a really good podcast. I listen to it myself. Um, some of my favorite episodes include the bonus episode of Waterworld, um, her whole series on seaweed, and um her episode of fish that don't swim good uh those just to name a few but it's a very nice podcast very relaxing to listen to um i highly recommend it and another again thanks to sarah for making her podcast art and on that note uh it's also be nice if you go follow us on our social medias and spread the word of our podcast to your friends we can be found on twitter facebook instagram uh and probably soon more yes so where do we start we just finished watching a movie tyler isn't that correct we did and that movie it's a very special movie that you already know what it is because of the title and you clicked on it but we're still trying to build up suspense anyway yeah it's called showmanship tyler of course <laughs> we're watching the ever so fantastic starship troopers um, what what a what a film yeah so where should i start should we talk about uh our personal opinions on the movie first or uh should i talk about the kind of history of how this movie came to be and i guess by that well, I'm more let's, less... oh go ahead let's just start with our thoughts real quick yeah uh, We'll get a little. We'll we'll stay a little bit non-spoilery, like for now. I mean, yeah. it's a what like a twenty-four-year-old movie. Go yeah. watch it. But. Yeah. So like this is as we tell you about how much we like this movie. Uh, you can go watch it. Come back and listen to rest rest of it. Um, you know, it's a it's a fun it's a fun fun little movie. Uh, yeah. Um, shameless plug. I have a letterbox. Uh, at tyler t toledo and i have rated it on there as a four stars so go follow me if you're not, <laughs> if you're not yeah but there's my review right there i uh, I, I just wrote uh war and nationalism are kind of cringe and that was what i wrote as my review <laughs> for that movie. i feel like i should probably make a letterbox since movies are something we talk about on this podcast but i also have a podcast so do both dude yeah you you might um, have to show me how to use that or should we have a podcast letterbox account 
Is that a thing you can do? Anyway, anyway, so you just got a little like all you that that should have been bonus content. That's a little of a how you know you got to see a little how the magic's made. Um, right. my opinion is boy, does this movie capture a vibe? This is one of my favorite movies. It's kind of parody without like really knowing what it's parody. Um you know, it's casted with basically people who are just it's casted with good-looking people by a director who grew up in Nazi Holland. What more do you need? Correct. And that's that's an important thing to think about yeah. when you're watching this movie. That but... this is a director who hates fascism and lived under it. Um, yeah, despite despite this movie making it look kind of cool <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'm also highlighting how dumb it is. I do recommend the book. It is written by a guy who is totally a nationalist and a militarist, but uh, it's an interesting, um, how do you put this? It is a very interesting understanding of what the enemy thinks kind of thing. Uh, like it kind of helps you understand like what a nationalist or fascist thinks like. I have not read the book, but I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if my... <laughs> Maybe if I decide that I like books again, I'll pick it up. Um, Patreon goal. Uh, if we get X amount of money, Tyler will read a book. <laughs> we'll, we'll set that go- goal no, high, Tyler. You know I'll actually have to do it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll set I'll that goal it. a little higher in your favor. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not illiterate. I just choose... <laughs> the books aren't for me. <laughs> I can read. Yeah. I just have attention issues. Uh, okay. But I I I will I will re- I will read it for the right price. <laughs> and I'll 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 do a live stream of me just sitting there holding <laughs> the book and. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that can be so much of our. I was thinking we should start a Twitch, but that will just be most of our Twitch is you live streaming it reading yeah hello welcome back to the reading stream where i will you you guys get to watch me read (laughs) and i will provide no commentary (laughs) (laughs) and the whole the whole chat is gonna be like yo what chapter is he on uh don't even like have the camera over your shoulder so they can kind of see what you're looking at. Just make it that it's like you did. No, just it's, see it's you. gonna be front facing. Like it's just it's literally just me against like a blank background holding a book and just uh. looking at it. And then like every like five seconds, I'll like pull out my phone to like scroll through Twitter for a couple minutes. I'm like, wait a minute, no, I gotta read this book. <laughs> uh, that's that's how reading goes for me. But anyway, back to Starship Troopers. Anyway, um, so this is my second time watching this film. Yeah, this I is. Gotta say, this is my. I don't want to say that number on screen on uh, this watching this. Uh, yeah, this is this is a fun movie. Be real, like I understand the context about it. Like you know, this is definitely a, a satire on militarism, fascism, nationalism, all that stuff, but. It's entertaining as hell. It's got a lot of '90s camp to it. Yeah, some really surprisingly good special effects for the late '90s. But yeah, so uh, absolutely I, an entertaining film. 
how should we go should we just like run down the events of the movie and like as we think of things popping up like when i say we just watched this movie i mean about 20 minutes ago we finished this movie yeah no we 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 watched it we watched it like because amazon sucks uh we watched it like with synchronized like you know you had the one two three play and then like we 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 finished that like 20 minutes ago we had to take our little break because my brain couldn't handle (laughs) jumping right into the recording but yeah that's that's how fresh it is in our minds right now Okay, so all right, so where do we start? The beginning. Yeah, okay. So let's let's talk about the part of this movie I just forget about. The team draw the teen drama. Yeah, it's like a completely different genre from the in the first like hour to the second hour. Like it doesn't yeah. even feel like the same movie at all. Yeah, the first um, part of the movie. Yeah, is it's a it's very high school coming. It's not. I don't know if it has coming of age vibes, but it's it's definitely just like a typical high school with gross ass bugs and psychics and whatever. But for the most part, (laughs) pretty normal. Yeah, it it very much had like I don't know like I. I maybe for the time like uh it it was one of those things that like for the time probably like felt very like I feel for, I, there it was like artificial enough that you would believe it's a TV show on this you know fucking Nazi esque uh world right mm-hmm. like down to the fact that everybody looks near perfect right oh my god everyone why, why does why does everyone in this movie ex, except for ex, bitch ass xander i hate that dude and his stupid hair <laughs> all my um, friends hate xander <laughs> every all, all everyone hates xander but everybody else looks hot as hell <laughs> yeah um, i understand they're supposed to be high school students but they're also like 30 so yeah <laughs> Yeah, they do not look like high school students at all, but whatever. It's the '90s. What high school movie in the '90s, early 2000s, actually has high schoolers that are appropriately aged? Yeah. It, so okay, weird memory of my childhood popped up. Uh, there's a show called Beverly Hills 90210. It's terrible. It sucks. My dad used to watch it all the damn time. Um, and like for shot for shot, it looks like this movie. I haven't seen so, it. I believe that. Yeah, no, and don't watch it. Nobody subject yourself. Uh, this is I'm telling you, please, for the sake of your own good, nobody go and watch that. Do it for me. Do it for the children. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, if you if if you like it, good for you. <laughs> yeah, and now. Of course, I guess so. Yeah, we have this. So we the first scene is like in a history class. That's the thing I find interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's here we're introduced to Johnny Rico, the most Aryan-looking motherfucker since like Nazi propaganda existed. No, he really looks like they just like ripped him straight out of a poster and like plopped him into real life. Yeah, uh, of course, portrayed by Casper Van Dien, the one actor who definitely wasn't in on the joke of the movie. Like, I, I do think. With oh yeah, movie, no, he was super into it. 
he still does these movies. You're like he's ass? still in Starship <laughs> Troopers movies. Like I'm not when, joking. When did the last one come out? Um. Well, okay, so they did some animated movies uh, with him. So I'm trying to. I'm looking at it right now. Um, but yeah, no, he's in it. We have. Uh, who else do we have? We have Dizzy Flores, one of the you know, as every uh, queen. Yeah, as every movie needs, there's a love triangle, and then we have Carmen, who is at who is uh, his girlfriend. Yeah, the last Starship Troopers was made in 2017, and yeah. that was it's more of a love square. <laughs> yeah, who's the who's the fourth person? Xander. <laughs> oh, Xander. Yes, correct. I forgot about Xander. Xander. Well, actually, it's a Pentagon because I'm pretty sure Jake Busey wants to fuck uh, Johnny Rico. Oh, um, absolutely. <laughs> which also yes one of gary Busey's relatives is in this movie yes um so i just want to like get talk about um our man's uh casper van dean his filmography includes every starship troopers sequel but two they couldn't even get him for that one and some yeah. wonderful wonderful stinkers uh including and like nothing against the guy he truly seems like a fine guy but like He's in a movie called Army Dog. So, but yeah, no, yeah. seems like a nice guy. Seen several interviews with him. He, I think he's kind of into being part of this cult classic movie. And I think more power to him that, you know, he's made a career about being attached to this cult classic. And, you know, I will say this he played the character as it was meant to be played. Yeah. He did a good job. I'm never going to but- rip on somebody for not for tur- for not turning down a role especially when you're in a cult classic movie but yeah who else do we got um yeah so we have uh denise richards as carmen as, as carmen Ibanez. um some might know her from the world is not enough the 1999 james bond movie wild things and several other movies uh yeah then, have- then there you have you know dina myers is uh dizzy or sorry denise richards carmen uh and the funny thing about her is her this was her first acting gig if you couldn't tell yeah she I was mean, a model she, she, before she, this. Was, she, she wasn't bad yeah nobody put in the wrong amount of effort for this movie oh, nobody absolutely. did the wrong performance for this movie everybody played the character as it should have been um, and then yeah. you had Neil Patrick Harris as uh, Dookie Himmler. Yeah. Um, Carl Jenkins. Carl Jenkins. What a, what a, yeah. What a loser name. <laughs> who who who's a psychic and a Nazi doctor? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's not really brought up enough. <laughs> a guy who has bad vibes, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. But. He, he's a good guy, apparently, in the movie, <laughs> despite his appearance. And then we also have Mr. Krabs in the flesh. Oh, yes, uh, as Drill Sergeant Sim. Cl- Clancy Brown is in this film. <laughs> and, yeah, his, I, I, would, I would say Clancy Brown's is more recognizable by his voice. Than his I'd say name. our generation probably recognizes, of anybody in this movie, our generation recognizes him the most. Right. 
Oh, he's in Star. Uh, he's in, he he was uh, also. I didn't know he was in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but he, he's he's uh if for any uh, Avatar fans, he he also does the voice for Long Fang, bitch ass Earth uh, Kingdom, bossing stay guy. Yeah, um, you know, also Clancy Brown, pretty good name. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably get back to talking about the movie <laughs> uh, rather than this just becoming a Clancy Brown Stan uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. So, you yeah, know, it's in class. Yeah. And first thing I want to point out is like apparently everybody's so good at animation. They just like casually do it to like write each other love letters in the middle of fucking class. Right. There was just they had like their 90s idea of what an iPad would be, which is just big clunky machine. Well, it was like it was like uh, part of the desk, right? Yeah. It, I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure, but yeah. Nineties, nineties technology or like idea what the future would be. It's really interesting. Uh, they're just straight up, like she like draws like, and animates like two people kissing. Yeah, no. In the middle he of animates two people kissing, and then she animates it like going wrong. That's how easy it is. And they're just doing that in class. Like, yeah. Which honestly isn't the fir- isn't the only time in this movie people just go out of their way to send each other messages. Yeah, like we'll get back to that <laughs> later. Anyway, so it's like really, it's such a weird part of this movie because it's like very standard teen drama, like high school stuff like down to like there's the big football game and the school dance but we start getting school dances you have the what you have the school dance you have the biology class dissection yeah uh, (laughs) the great all you're missing is a message about drugs and like that you you got you got your bingo of teen dramas from that time period yeah So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like where we go because um, the, yeah, fo- the, fr- the I, re- I really like the football game scene. Um, yeah, it's it's not normal football. It's um, arena football, a real form of football. I want to remind you. Yeah, I have I haven't seen that before this movie. Yeah, um, you know what's funny? Uh, it was one of the things like remember when people were angry about, um you know, uh, football players protesting, like expressing their first amendment, right. Um, arena football tried to make that their comeback. Um, yeah. Uh, it didn't really work because nobody cares, but yeah, it's a smaller field. The goals are a lot weirder. It's pretty, yeah, that, that scene, if you want to get idea, it's arena football, which is like pretty much where, like, if you ever wonder where the guys who don't make it into the, uh, NFL go a lot of them end up there. Yeah, they. It, it's like uh, it's, it's it's very it is, aggressive too. Yeah, it is like a re- real life arena football is considered like more dangerous than normal football. Yeah, um, but there's a couple interesting things in this scene. One, we have our homegirl Dizzy on the team. Weirdly which, progressive. There's woman in football insane yeah. and she's not in her underwear oh yeah the hell? You know, that's the only way women are allowed to play football 
I always think about that. Like, imagine like you just have the goal to be a pro athlete in America, and if you're a woman, you have to basically do it like in your underwear, like which is disgusting. Yeah, but and you know, <laughs> as you can tell by a podcast that only has two men on it, we're clearly feminist here on the Outliers. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah we're definitely not mansplaining this at all. No, but this is this is a very interesting thing because throughout this movie you really do see like like this is the first time you really get a sense of that but it does feel like this like weirdly egalitarian society which isn't something that you would expect from this this kind of um it's a very so we 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 know this is an authoritarian world like we also have the propaganda piece at the beginning that like really mimics some like you know so like shot for shot nazi propaganda like i think a triumph of the will like if you look at shot for shot mimics those scenes please don't watch triumph of the will you don't need to watch nazi propaganda you have a good time you could go listen to it came from the sea you could go listen to tons of other cooler stuff you could yeah. go you could go watch starship troopers don't watch nazi propaganda yeah anyway but- so we it does get, mimic that style a lot yeah even down to like the starship troopers title sequence kind of has that like old film mm-hmm. like the you know you'd hear the tr- news from and, the european and the way they displayed like their flag yeah yeah but um yeah so but it's a very like egalitarian is a great way to describe it it's very like liberal in some senses too yeah and i think this like is- <laughs> Starship Troopers is what people mean when they say socially liberal, economically conservative. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like we do like in the back, like there's a background scene. I say like I know I point out like yeah, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be a gay couple in the background. So like clearly there's no like bans on same sex marriage. There's clearly no objective racism that we can tell. Um, right. I mean, it's a little sus that this is a movie with mostly white people. It's set in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yeah, but <clears throat> once they get into space, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Now, and then the of- bugs, though, yeah. they're racist as hell to the bugs. <laughs> I feel like the bugs were meant to represent literally insert any group there. Um, yeah, so... Right. We also then get like let's talk about Johnny Rico's home life because that's an interesting view into like this society. So should we talk about how the society Starship Troopers works before we like get into the meat of the movie? Like because I feel like we're explaining yeah. things with that. So in Starship Troopers, how the world works is that if you want to become like you can be a civilian and live in their society, but you can't be a citizen unless you enlist in the military, um, and then you get all the full rights of a citizen. You know, and I believe that this sucks. thing is service guarantees citizenship, mm-hmm. which I think some like fucking incel from YouTube tried to run by that, run with that as his campaign slogan in Britain. That doesn't I, surprise me one bit. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up, but uh, no, but like to to be a citizen, like I mean, of course, you you have to serve in the military to be a citizen, but like. The amount of privileges that grants you that wouldn't be afforded to you otherwise is insane. Um, 
Well, yeah, and there's many the... things. It like one of the things is it guarantees some economic uh, safety, uh, as well as right. um, essentially, apparently, we like through. It's hinted that you either need money, or uh, you either need money or have to be citizen to have children and run in politics whatsoever. Yeah, um, I, the the shower scene I think is very revealing about what being a citizen really means so like to have a baby you need a license to get a license to do that you need uh one of the characters wants to go to college so he's becoming a citizen to help with the help financially with that yeah okay so the guy who the british guy who tried to run on this uh was a ukip party member and i think his name was sargon of akkad he looks like a stupid fat fuck um so oh, Sargon? yeah oh that guy yeah <laughs> he looks like somebody can't gave say him. i'm an expert on the fellow he kind of has the face of the brain bug uh <laughs> yeah i hate the brain um bug. and if it sounds like i'm being mean to this guy i hate this guy he's like a youtube nazi fuck him um but Anyway, yeah, we were going down the road of, yeah, how the society works. So, yeah, like, is strictly authoritarian to make it that you have to enlist in the military to be a citizen? And I saw somebody say, oh, no, that, like, a while ago on TikTok, because TikTok's terrible. I saw guys like, no, that's not what makes their uh, society fascist. That's not at all. Like, it, you know, it's like, well, a mandatory draft to be, it's not even a mandatory draft. A society that requires you to join the military out of desperation in order you to participate in their society and have legal rights as a human being is pretty fascist. Right. You are coerced in, to join in the military. Yeah. It's not necessarily a force, but you are a second-class human being if you're not if you don't have those citizen per, uh, privileges. Yeah, it's um, you can it, you cannot succeed the same level as as somebody who j- joins the military. Yep. Um, which is which is sad because a lot of those people that end up joining the military get fucking ripped to shreds and <laughs> murdered. Are we talking about the movie still? <laughs> um. Yes. <laughs> But also in real life. <laughs> yeah. Boy, yeah, no. Things that you wish weren't real. Starship troopers. Um, anyway, yeah. So we, but Rico, we get to see because his family is rich, they can criticize, they like live fairly well, well enough that they can criticize the uh, Federation all they want. But, uh, you know, life is good for them despite the fact they don't live in, um, you know the citizenship but i and i think it's pretty much implied that's because they have money we also point out the yeah. fact that he got a 35 on his math final and was and it's like you're going to harvard or else right but also we know that he got a 35 on his math final from like a public display screen like right. you just walk up to this machine type in your name and then now everybody sees your grades So it's just like, I feel just, like that, that information is just out there to everybody. Another fascist thing that like happens in fascism 
is like using public guilt as a way to coerce people to do things and i think that's one way to do it right because motivation to succeed apparently is incredibly important so what better motivation is it to, than public humiliation yeah so no any like I think... he, he he pulls up the grades and, and then freaking carl rolls up and then puts his grades up on the entire screen for everybody to see which yeah. one why can the computer do that two now i think he just like i think that's partially <laughs> just, implied like, to be like, everybody else's i think that's one of the ways they partially imply that he's like a hacker of sorts right um i, I now can't... everybody else's grades are gone from the screen yeah so I can't say it for sure. But yeah, let's also talk a little bit more about uh, Doogie Himmler. Um, so yeah, Neil Patrick Harris plays a Nazi with psychic powers. Which it's a really like the fact that he's a psychic really does not come into play as much as it should, considering that, you know, he's a little he can read people or minds to an extent. He yeah. controls a ferret. Uh <laughs> But that 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 does not come up very often, and it's it's kind of weird how casually that's like that's played. Like, yeah, psychics are a thing. It's whatever. It's no big deal. Um, like the the scene the scene where they're like, what was he like trying to like test Rico's psychic abilities with the card game? Yeah, he and doesn't clearly, have any. Yeah. Um, and then we get like a little hint to something later on when uh, he says he can control the ferret's mind with his, uh, which is a, you know, mind control. That's not at all bad for fascist. Anyway, so Rico, um, you know, has this football game and then he runs into, let's talk about Rico's history teacher. Um, Rico's history teacher doesn't have an arm, but is and was a mobile infantry veteran and uh, lost his arm in that service. Yeah, and then you. Th- this is also when that scene where we run into this teacher is also one of the first times when you learn about um, the citizenship. Yeah, and you gotta. I, I think that's history class scene is a really neat yeah. insight. It's this, good. It's, it's a good uh, introduction. The to school how does this, give uh, us world works. Some actual really interesting insight into their world. Um, you know, we have the biology room scene which, you know, we get, like, a very corny throw-up scene. But, of course, we also get, like, they talk about the bugs as an enemy. They're this well-organized, evolved-to-be-killing-machine enemy that we shall fear. Right. It is us or them. And it's, you know, we should be afraid of them because they're so powerful, but also we shouldn't be afraid of them because they are weak and dragging society down. Boy, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, never heard about that one um, <laughs> but as, um this is all happening as they're dissecting the thing so you get a really good really good glimpse at those insides <laughs> yeah i yeah. hate that scene <laughs> yeah no you you were not holding on well to quote you See, like okay it's like one of those things i, I just like you know it's, this is a good scene like if i was reading it in a screenplay mm-hmm. but i hate looking at it 
Yeah, it's it, I I thought it was fun, but um, I I think we also just gave an insight of what it's like when uh, me and you write screenplays. You're like, this is nice to read. Yeah. Me, why is nobody currently doing intestinal surgery at this moment? Um, yeah. So then, of course, we get the enlistment scene, which also has amputations. Um, yes, the enlistment scene is very, very interesting. And it seems like everybody gets a role based on intelligence and ability. Um, Dizzy, uh, not Dizzy, Carmen goes into the uh, the, space, the Navy, whatever they call it, Sky, what do they call Sky Command? Yeah. And, and then he's just like, we need all the pilots we can get. Yeah. And then Rico says, I'm going in the mobile infantry. So the guy says, Major, the man he, I am today, he has one arm. This man has one yeah. arm when he says that. The second he, the second he says that, it also like pans or tilts down to show that he has no legs either. Yeah, which, you know, one of those things totally done on uh, purpose, but like, you know, very, very, very good way to like say, like, you know, you will die doing this. Right. This is not a glamorous life, but the way that society portrays it and the benefits that come with uh, the service in this world makes it, it spins it in a positive light. Like the way the propaganda like manipulates people's minds to like, yeah, no, this is the best way to live your life. Well, I don't it's care. The, it's if the I... Uh, ideal fascism of the glorious death, you know? Right. Like, your martyrdom is epic. Your sacrifice is important and great for the cause. Dying, mutilated, but as long as you do it in the name of your country, it is great. Um, yeah, it's. I'm a man now because I have one less arm and two less legs. Yeah. And again, very, very fascist. Like, you can't tell me that that is not like the most fascist scene you could write. Yeah, just they just Sorry, make what? it so. They just make it seem so appealing, and the way that uh, Johnny Rico is so dead, dead set on joining the military, even though he has a life of privilege that he, he could have gone to Harvard, enjoy. and then you yeah. know we get like you know you could go to Dagobah Beach, which what's on Dagobah Beach? Like, there's clearly awesome stuff happening on Dagobah Beach. Am I saying Dagobah Beach? Is that what it's called? Anyway, point is, there's a mm. beach, and like I don't know, there's some good stuff there apparently. Right. So this man would have flown from Buenos Aires to uh, Harvard in Massachusetts and had a great time living off of the privilege of his rich parents. Yeah. But because he's so invested in this um, rhetoric that like service is surface guarantees citizenship tyler yes service guarantees citizenship he's so headstrong about being a citizen because of how awesome it seems he doesn't care about any like comfortable life that he could live because he wants to be a soldier because of how awesome being a soldier seems his parents know that he doesn't have to do that his parents know that it's deadly they're rich. Care. I mean, what they couldn't get with the citizenship, they can get with their money. 
I do think that like if like you know we get the ability to like think about this in hindsight but like it's a very something like an issue i have with modern modern liberalism um mm-hmm. which is modern you, liber- you can afford to not care yeah it's like the oh like i it's like you know it's a like or like when it's actually more like with centrist it's like oh it's a tough choice it's like one guy literally just said hitler did some good things how is that a tough choice it's a tough choice right such a tough choice they a lot a lot of like liberals like will they 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 hate trump because of his like like he's an obviously hateable guy for a lot of people like Mm -hmm. but like when it's when it comes to like any of the things that are actually problematic about him and his supporters like it doesn't really matter it's more about like saving face because like like, he's objectively morally bad it's Uh, the same reason that makes us look bad that like uh what's his name has gone a very good uh media snow job um why can i not think of his name i want to say biden but that's not who i meant um fuck oh yes the uh george bush um you know it's they were never it's people who are too rich to be affected by his uh his terrible choices right too rich or too white and you know there is a point like when you you know it's um you know when you have uh somebody like uh what's her name uh caitlin jenner who's against uh trans and lgbtq rights um she is rich she will never suffer to the extent that her other uh that people like her will so things might seem good to her um and you know it's something i said about her she's a terrible person i will respect her enough to like use her proper pronouns but fuck her and fuck what she stands Mm -hmm. for um right you know be, you know, you can be a bad person and be part of a marginalized group. Correct, and people um, prove that every day. Yeah, but like back, like with with George Bush, like people, George Bush, and his administration led to such catastrophic um, consequences. But now people are okay looking at him as the wholesome painter, you know. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Or in some but way, like, like him being like the, the depiction of him being as like too stupid to have been evil is kind of a rehabilitation. Right. Itself. Like, it's a really weird way to look at it, but like, you know, like, oh, you know, I, how bad guy I been? I was too stupid. I wasn't pulling the strings. It was my dad and uh, Dick Cheney. Cheney. Which, yeah, no, Dick Cheney is an awful person. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, objectively, yeah. If we have to choose a greater evil, fuck Dick Cheney. But no, we get the choice where we can have many uh, evils. It's kind of like, you know, um, how the way the world works. Right. But because it, it is impressive that this movie was made before... Yeah, before Bush, war. before yeah, really was like kind of amazing, huh. like very kind of yeah, like you you say that like that's something like this is nineteen ninety something movie. This is not you know came out 
right after you know it would be one thing if it did and part of me thinks this movie wouldn't have gotten made just because of the psych guy stuff like you can't oh no this a movie you know depicting a military group in a bad way 1997 yeah um yeah, and that's the thing. It's a weird reason I think it resonates with a lot of younger people, like especially like younger political, uh, more political people, because um, there's definitely something very like familiar about what it go, what they go through, mm-hmm. and uh, post nine eleven. So, uh, speaking of that, let's go to the nine uh, eleven of their world. But first, uh, we let's talk about boot camp. Um, casually brutalizing your troops, right? Very good and normal yeah. thing to do. Mr. Krabs is like, hey, who thinks you they can take me on? And one guy's like, oh, maybe I think I can. And he just like Breaks snaps his, his arm. arm in half. <laughs> Breaks this poor man's arm. And then uh, Dizzy Flores shows up because she, she wants some of that Rico. Um, boy, do I wish I didn't say that sentence like that. <laughs> And um, yeah, he strangles her, right, with his with his knee. He just like slams his knee on her throat, which yeah, like like one of, I'm glad we watched this again in HD because like one of the very visible things is like she has bruises on her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, what do you think of that like little fun pit there? That boot pain that, is glory well and also it is like yeah it's the pain is glory your suffering is good because it's for the good of the people right. you suffer for your and country and what punishment equals discipline yeah it is a very that there's a lot of things about the movie that are very on the nose um, you know, it, it, you know, like, and we're talking about like, despite the we said that socially, like you said, it was like a very socially liberal, but like a lot of their policies are right wing in many ways. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And the first, like, um, sorry, go ahead. We learned from one of those. We learned from one of those propaganda videos that uh, there, there was a man who's who's on trial. His trial was essentially just the judge saying guilty. You're sentenced to, sentenced to death. And then they show the execution chair and then they're like, watch him die tonight at six <laughs> on TV. Oh, and that, and that's, that's like a conservative's wet dream. There. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're, like, oh shit. Executions and publicly on live TV. Because I'm not certain. I almost say it's Ben Shapiro, but I think one of those right wing psychopaths made like a argument for why we need a uh, like televised execution. And it's kind of that thing I think we always hear. It's like the oh, like you know, people won't commit crimes if they're afraid. Which right. you know is also and kind they, of. I, oh, go ahead. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know who said that. It sounds like something that someone of them would say. But yeah, not only like people love the death penalty. I don't yeah. know why, but I, like you know, it's fine. I feel like. Like, and it's one of those things I do kind of get, like, the moment of the passion. Like, yeah, fuck those people. But also, like, I don't think my government, like, you know, like, pedophiles and shit, fuck them. I don't really, like, I, but also at the same time, I don't want my government to have the right to decide who lives and who dies. Right. Especially when there's a chance that you can kill the wrong person. I mean, yeah, wasn't there a guy who's, like, on death row and turned out to be completely innocent? 
It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's why that's why it shouldn't happen. And there's also the myth that it's like less expensive to kill people. No, like the Isn't amount of time. Like a- a shit ton it's, more it's definitely expensive. more expensive yeah because not not only um you're you're still supporting this the person while they're on death row but you have to go through so many different retrials and stuff like that and legal fees get insane when you have to consider like the life and death of a person um yeah also there's just like morally too like i know it's a stupid thing to say but morally you have to think about like the more morality of killing a per, a human being another a fellow human being like that's the thing like right you know humanity is not a terrible thing to have mm-hmm. and like let, let i'll be say like i've had the like i get it. in the moment of passion being angry about it i get why it's like yeah fuck that person fuck pedophiles all that and it's like yeah like you don't but also at the same time i rather have them sit in the cell for the rest of their life and think about it and suffer that is a greater punishment. <laughs> yeah, and like I know, like you, some of you ideological, like prison shouldn't exist at all. It should all be real patient. Some people don't deserve more than one chance, and yeah. some people aren't fit for society. This, it's a sad reality, and it's unfortunate. It sucks, and I know conditions are bad, but yeah, my goal is that you know the people who don't deserve to be there shouldn't be there, whereas the people who do deserve to be there should be there. Anyway, but um, after besides my little kind of dark rant there, um, yeah. So it's it's just a suffering brings pain type of society, and like very nationalistic about it. Like they're happy it's happening to them. It's like oh boy, an execution. Yeah, but I turn my TV on. Yeah, honey, turn on the TV. The the uh, murder is gonna be tonight. <laughs> the state sanctioned murder. Yeah. Which is boy, is that not? It's 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 no different from hanging people in the streets, yeah, or anything like that. Which most of us would view as barbaric, and most. Yeah. But this is happening on live TV, and everyone's just okay with it. But this, this, that's not even like the only example of like public punishment like that. Because it's like yeah. later in the movie, you get to... yeah. But let's talk about some of the more training first. So uh, one thing I always noticed through their training scenes, and I mean, you had some differing opinions on this. We talked about it in the movie is that they're training against people and people like targets for most of the movie, right. which uh, makes me think that they're not preparing to fight bugs all the time. That maybe there's something internally that we're not quite told about. Uh, perhaps Which I, I think this is entirely possible. Yeah, it would make sense. So my opinion of this movie is that it's always been a movie that is made to exist in the world that this uh, that this movie it takes place in. Like it's a you know through the lens of that world type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that uh, mainly for the reason that uh, you know we get a lot of hints throughout this that that's kind of what's happening um i first you should talk about uh the scene that i that makes me think of that first is a you know in particular when we uh you know their first scene they're training combat against each other like firearms they have these stun vests which are pretty cool objectively like we were saying that looks kind of fun 
it's just hardcore laser tag. Yeah, it looks kind of fun if it's not for the horrific reality that this is a fascist society. I think we also talked about this. There are things about um, fascism that like seem appealing, like as yeah. awful as it sounds. Like fascist societies are definitely meant to be designed appealing for a reason. Like, yeah. Well, it's it, it has this. It, it's it's all about idealism where you want to be the best you that you could possibly be for your country. Um, Because the nation is what's most important. It's your individual life doesn't really matter as much as long as you are doing the best for your country. And when you see all those people looking all happy, looking all having a good high school dance and everything like that, and you can say that it was because of the service of the people who fought and died. That's, that's, there's the appeal right there. It's like, I want to be one of those people that can create a better future for everybody else. I want to give my life for my country. And that's the ideology that's coming from it. Especially when you have like an alien threat, such as bugs, like from, I don't even, I don't even remember the planet's name anymore. Clendath. Um, <laughs> Clendathu, yeah, it's because it's that's such an easy like. Obviously, it's not like it's a socially easy target, not a physically easy target because bugs will rip you to shreds. But it's so easy for people to direct their hatred and resources. Yeah, to fighting an enemy. It's definitely that. one of those things you can tell that it like it's an enemy design. It's the, uh, the honestly, it's the ideal enemy of a fascist. It's an internal enemy that will always be forever. And you can get a pop an entire population that agree should be destroyed, right? It part of part of uh, part of fascism feels it's like you there has to be somebody that you view as alien. In this case, you have literal aliens, and that's it's quite an easy target that everybody can get behind. I'm like, I don't care about these bugs, especially because they don't seem to be like. I mean, obviously, you have the brain bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which you. You're kind of, I can. T- I can tell that you clearly. Um, you clearly on team. Fuck the bugs when you see that thing. Right. Uh, you heard it here. Uh, Tyler is specious against bugs. <laughs> um, please I'm, direct all so, your. Someone like me is gonna kill your entire race. <laughs> oh, God! I hope you never run for anything because God knows that will be isolated. Listen, it was a quote from the movie. I didn't make that up. Someone literally says that in the movie yeah like uh, yeah anyway but before uh you you've you've guaranteed the fact that you'll never be able to run for office uh what'd you what were we talking about i don't want to do that anyway (laughs) yeah no nobody does no sane reasonable human being ever would want to run for office for any reason yeah we're talking about how the bugs are the ideal enemy yep anyway yeah so but anyway so we do get the idea though that there's something that we quite don't know what's the enemy but it's there it's definitely there right like there is an enemy that we we do not see and you know you do get the idea why yeah so rico shines like a star and we also get the most confusing system of how to send messages in the world (laughs) do you want to explain this part so instant messaging exists in this world video chat 
exists in this world. But for, for in order for Carmen and Rico to send messages to each other, they have to like pre-record videos and like burn them on a disc. And then they have to have those discs delivered to the other one. So Rico does this first. He's like in his fucking yeah. bunk room with all his oh, squad we, mates. Oh, we skipped over the naked, the new, the completely nude shower scene. We that's, that's oh, yeah. another way. Well, it's like weirdly more progressive now. It's like everybody's naked. Nobody gives a fuck. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we skipped over that. Uh, fun fact about that: Paul Verhoeven, uh, the director of this movie, uh, is naked during that scene. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but uh, so yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so we yeah, go on about your rant about this thing because this was one of the funniest things you complaining about this particular. So Johnny's recording his video. His his squad mates are being assholes. Fucking like one of them moons the camera, and like they're all like. Just imagine you've lived in a college dorm. Right, essentially, (laughs) it's essentially that. And then the the video that he gets in response from Carmen is like it's it's kind of her like breakup video. Yeah. So it, it, he got dear John. This would be the military <laughs> term. Yeah. So he she starts off in her bedroom like by herself, you know, in in one outfit is mm-hmm. like Johnny, love you, cool guy, but and then and then there's a transition. And then she's in a completely different location in a completely different outfit in front of like fucking Jupiter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this implies that she had to um she had to edit this like there's editing that goes into these messages. Yeah. And we see they have instant video too. Like they don't need to do this. All this is completely unnecessary. There was no need right. for her to do this. So, like, if you want to, like, send a message to somebody who's, like, in a different branch of the military, you have to, like, get a, you have to, like, you know, whip out your webcam, record a video, edit the damn thing. (laughs) Like, I I said to you, like, hey, if this is how we had to text, I would just have driven to New York because it would have been less frustrating. Right, you have to like, you know, pull out the Adobe. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we then get the Marshall. So it's just move in the sake of moving things forward. We get the Marshall punishment scene after uh, one of the soldiers under uh, Rico's command uh, gets killed. Yeah, we have a friendly um, fire incident in training. Yeah, always keep your helmet on, boys and girls. Um, yes. When you're fighting for a fascist dictatorship. Um. Yeah, so he gets punished uh, by essentially uh, martial punishment. He's whipped in public in a scene that is so uncomfortable when uh, Mr. Krabs says, bite down on this. It helps. <laughs> I should know. In a way that's right. just a little, just kind of weirdly little too, uh, uh, how you put this, seductive. Oh, it is kind of kinky, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like if you replace that with some like weird German music, uh, it, it would be a very different scene. Yeah, yeah so he's tied up and, and whipped <laughs> yep. publicly. Um, well, Mr. Krebs whispers in his ear. <laughs> yes. As you can imagine, a very, very horrifying thing to have happen to you. Correct. SpongeBob, boy. <laughs> Take it like a man. Right on this, boy. Daddy. <laughs> 
Bite on this laddie. <laughs> God damn it. But public humiliation fucking sucks. Punishment sucks. But and, and like this is so bad that he like he has to qu- he he feels like he has to quit after this. It's like he's done. Like I'm yeah. out of here. This fucking sucks. I I I fucked up my job. Y'all motherfuckers were way to too family. into this. Yeah, I just want to go back to my family. I'll I guess I'll go to Harvard for them. And I'll blah, go blah, to blah. that beach planet. Like we really need to figure out why that planet's so special. And I feel like I don't know. Anyway, but. He he video chats his par- his parents after that, mm-hmm. and th- the dad, who previously was like, if you leave the house, you're cut off, and he's just like, oh yeah, no, you can come back. Um, so he's video chatting his parents after we saw the convoluted communication system between him and Carmen, but mm-hmm. while he's video chatting them, it gets really dark all of a sudden, and they're like, oh, what the fuck is that? It's raining. We're like, it can't rain during this time of year. And then the video feed. Yeah, because God knows rain isn't a random thing that happens throughout the year. Yeah, which, you know, there's probably some uh, ecological issues there. Yeah. Global warming. Global warming in this future. Um, I'm not a scientist in that regard. So maybe there is an explanation for seasonal rain. But, um, during that uh, video call, the transmission gets cut off, and you find out like a minute later that the bugs literally annihilated Buenos Aires from the planet. Yeah, it's gone now, and millions are dead, including his family. And he's just like, "Man, this sucks. I'm gonna join the. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna join the army again." I'm going to join the army again and fight against these bugs. This kind of sucks. But he's like so emotionless and bland about it. It's like, yeah. my family was in Buenos Aires. I'm going to go fight them now. Going to go fight his family? <laughs> um, yeah. No, so, uh, yeah. So then we get, uh, you know, the troops are mustered up. Uh, we have the weirdest fist fight in any movie. When Xander, who's still, you know, stole Rico's chick. Because he's a douchey uh, airman, and all my all my homies are mobile infantry. You know, I I, I cannot stand Xander. He's the worst character ever. Mainly his Fuck haircut him. is the part I always found. Dude, his haircut is it's so it's so like okay. Not only is his haircut like fucking awful. He went to like the prom with the haircut. He didn't do his hair nice or anything. He just didn't even try to look nice for the fucking prom. He put on a tuxedo and just went with his hair like that. Yep. It's the same hair that he has like after taking off his sweaty football helmet. And that's how he looks the entire movie. This was the part that bothered you the most of this movie. It's just straight up. <laughs> but Xander. Yeah, so they get a fist just fight. Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yeah, so then we get the failed invasion of Clendath through a hundred thousand dead in one hour, which seems like it's pretty brutal. Yeah, you know, you get like it it is kind of like D Day, but like with giant insects. Which you know, D Day with giant spiders is a sentence I hate objectively. 
Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 cool when it happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah, not when it would ha- if it would happen to you. But yeah, it's no. kind of like and so also we have made an interesting observation, uh, film students. Uh, first scene where there is no uh, music playing in the background. Yeah. Oh, speaking of music, can we go back to that fist fight scene uh, and yeah. talk about the music there? <laughs> the weirdest music choice in movie history. It's like the soft ass, like calming music. Meanwhile, you know, these two dudes are just like duking it out, and like everybody in the crowd is like all hyped up. And I, like, I wish I could like play a sample of that song because it's so unfitting and hilarious. Oh, this is this is this is a cinematic masterpiece. Let me tell it, you, it really is. <laughs> Because like for every, for every like thing, or I'm just like, man, this is a really deep uh, metaphor for society. There's another thing, I'm like, man, that's cheesy as fuck, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk a bit more about the invasion, Clondathu. It's you know a very big criticism in the military. Like they rush in with no idea. Like they underestimate the enemy, get their asses kicked, uh, lose way too many people than they expected, and the war drags on for a lot longer than expected. Yeah. Why does that sound familiar? Yeah, but it, it, you know, there's there's also the journalist guy who's there. Yeah, he's literally he went to the war zone with a camera and you know, like the mic to like pour it on it live, and then he gets like f- like torn in half. Yeah, pretty much. Well, the uh, journalist is the enemy of the people. Right, because. God forbid we see the reality of war. Yeah. But not there's there's two sides of that where it's like yeah you can like suppress the imagery to um you know to eliminate the fear of you know combat but it all it's there's it's also a way of like look how look how valiant our troops are yeah going against this unbeatable enemy they're set look look at them making the ultimate sacrifice so it's kind of like a a two-sided coin right there showing um the brutality of that battle yeah it really is that's uh, that's one way that's definitely one way to look at it Mm -hmm. you don't want to like if if uh, as as a authoritarian government you don't want to deter people from uh enlisting that is the last thing you want to do yeah but you also want to show the brutality of the enemy yes it's a uh, it's very much kind of a double-edged sword one might say but um yeah so moving on though we uh like i realize that we've been going on for a while now so yeah we uh so we then get like you know after that he died we think he's dead too that's the part i I think is interesting like we think he's dead and like we get the horrors of war but there's no music playing during this entire scene which makes me think this is kind of like the only real scene we see from this world like this is the only because like everything else is propaganda but this scene is kind of this is the real there's no sweeping music during their acts of heroism right because Contrary to popular belief and what the propaganda will want to tell you, there is there is nothing heroic about 
tossing your life away to fight a war like that. Um, these people are just like fodder at this point. Yeah. Um, it's not, you'd never want to be on the end of a, uh, you never want to be on the end of essentially the end of, uh, you won't want to be on that end of the barrel, I guess is one way to say it. Yeah. They, like, I understand this is an invading alien threat, but the con- the concept of that, when you th- think of it applied to reality, there's, this is, you, you're, you're, you're throwing your life away, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, we, we can't say that this doesn't not happen. Like, there are definitely scenarios in our real world where people sacrifice their lives for causes that aren't really ones you want to be sacrificing your lives for. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like this is like probably like the realest feelings. It's definitely the realest feeling scene in the movie because it was like, oh shit, this is like really serious. Because we have a lot of media, um, yeah, both like you know, government. There's there's government propaganda, but it, like, also like privately published media that glorifies war in such to make it look like such an awesome thing. And this happens throughout this whole movie, and in real life all the time but like when you actually get to that battlefield and you're getting shot up and torn up and whatever yeah when your so friends cool get eaten by a giant bug right no and you like but like when you think about like uh, like I, I would i would say like an apt example of that in our timeline is like movies or like video games like a call of duty game war is fucking awesome yeah, like sure I, like some of your like comrades die in the game whatever if you want to idea what but like, really like read joe kasabian's book hooligans of kandahar and uh prepare to be very disappointed in how how the most the media and military lie to you about what war is like right but like yeah. in, in like a game like call of duty you're kind of like a one-man army by yourself yeah it's you, fucking awesome you get to shoot a bunch of nobodies yeah and like you're so completely detached from the reality but then like when you get to what it actually is it's not fun anymore people like real human beings are being torn yeah when you're yeah i i think you know when you when you think about when it's your friends who are dying your friends who are going who are being torn up and ripped apart it it changes man right like a like when a character in a video game dies you'll be sad probably uh but like it's not a real person that's that's at the end of the day that's a series of code um yeah these are real human beings um and i think that that invasion scene it does a really good job at shifting the tone to really like hammer in like no 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 this 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 is awful um and i think the rest of the movie kind of carries that like dreadful feeling yeah. There's a lot of there's there's still a lot of corniness that comes up. This isn't like a total tone chip uh, tone shift. Um, yeah. What? You definitely get the sense though that there's something very different about this scene versus the others. Right. Like. Yeah, something changes about this scene versus in other scenes. You get the sense that things are not how they wanted it to anyway yeah so we get you know everybody who you thought was dead is fine including the ship that blew up everybody's somehow survived that um 
again not the movie to complain about accuracy so not gonna make a big deal about it just you know it's something that happens in this movie yeah there's a lot of weird shit that happens in this movie a lot of things that you could question that it's not worth your time yeah so really get into it's um you know don't think about it is probably the best method to enjoy this movie think about the things that are important but <laughs> yeah don't think too heavy about certain things there's definitely a lot of in this movie that are like you know they wanted you to really think about um but overall there's some goofy shit that happens like the fact that xander is in the military but also is playing a high school football game what's that about i don't know but <laughs> Not important. No, I'm not saying there are people who are in high school that are also not in the military because you can technically join the military at 17. Fun fact. I do think you need a GED. I'm not complete or at the bare minimum, you need a GED or a diploma, but I'm not a thousand percent on that. Anyway, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about that. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get, we, we, uh, once we get the roughnecks, you know, the, the real men. I, I like the squad a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, this is, you have this squad that is, they are in, in, like insanely loyal to their leader. Uh, one of the characters is like, this guy seems like a real ball buster and they like go off on him. It's like, don't ever disrespect our leader. And the leader rolls out, rolls into the scene, and who is it but the high school teacher from the beginning? Yeah, because you know that's that's good, right? That your high school history teacher was working for the military and definitely tried to recruit you. Yeah, but now, but now he's your direct superior, and you have to answer to him. Yeah, and they go. On missions and shit. There's an old expression, uh, shit's fucked. Mm-hmm. They go chat. Yeah. Yeah. They go together on their yeah. to their ma- first major mission. And there's a change yeah. of command here too. Um you know, which is an interesting thing they have happened. Like, hey, we screwed up, so we're now having a change of command. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that change of command too, we're like we also get like what actually seems like strategy versus like throwing bodies at the door, which uh, we see in the form of like essentially them like uh, you know they have like carpet bombing, which you know and again are one of those things don't think about it too hard. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's not too much to talk about. Like, it's carpet bombing. There's killing bugs. They they use tactical nukes. Um, then we move forward, and we get the idea that, like, they kill their own men if they're captured because it's better to die than be captured, which in this case it is. But that's also, like, a very fascist ideology that you rather die than be captured, right? Right. Uh, they go to... They go to the Mormon base. Oh yeah, no, that wasn't the Mormon base. The Mormon base. That wasn't was the Mormon base. No, that oh, was no. the fire fire base, like a mission of operation. Base. Okay, okay. I, they I look a that. lot. I think because that's the same set used. Again. It's probably yeah. That's what it is because they look very similar. Yeah, no, um, I, I think it, they are distinctly different, but it's like. But they go to a base. Um, yeah, point everyone there is base. dead. 
yep. um, except for one guy who was hiding in like a freezer and then he comes out he's like absolutely lost his mind because the bugs are like they literally they will like drill a hole in your skull and like suck you dead <laughs> yeah but they what, sucked his brains like, out <laughs> yeah they sucked his brains out that's what he said and me and you being the mature f- <laughs> and me and you being the immature adults we are laughed hysterically oh at so for funny he, he like fingers this dude's brain hole. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, that's the only way to describe like, why he does is fingering his brain hole. Which Tyler, like, like, for some they reason, sucked his brains out. For some reason, somebody uh, my brain cavities ever opened up. Please make sure that doesn't happen. I will not finger your brain cavity. Don't worry. Um, and the, but after this dude emerges, um, he's like kind of losing his shit. Yeah. And he's just like. You know well, what to do. And he's, and he's like about to shoot the dude. <laughs> but then uh kind of a, goes, this like, guy goes, like, no, don't shoot him. It's not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, they get distracted by the incoming onslaught of even more bugs. Right. But it, it's it's the implication is like if you can't fight, you're absolutely use, useless and your life is worth nothing. Yeah. Um, like because obviously this dude is is shell shocked like he is not okay a He's very shell shock a very real bad thing that happens to people it's called ptsd shell shock's a kind of outdated term yeah but no he mr high school teacher which i don't know why i can't remember his name um i watched this movie like an hour ago uh rat <laughs> his name's radic i think yeah He's about to shoot this guy who's like freaking out. And then he's just because, like, again, it's like you fight and you die on the battlefield or you're useless. It doesn't matter. Um, he's still alive, yes. But if you can't fight, you're, you don't have worth, essentially. Yeah. Again, very fascist way of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Especially when you like think about how they treat like people with like, disabilities yeah in like the real world well and it is kind of like a very true thing about how veterans are treated today that's like a if you 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 do eventually stop losing importance to like you know it's it's actually as really dark it's one of the reasons that um the Viet Cong put a lot of effort into uh like wounding weapons over like killing weapons because like sending back a crippled soldier did a lot more psychological damage than sending back a able-bodied we're not even sending back, but sending back a coffin. Right. And like a really dark way to talk about it is a coffin's not going to talk. Mm-hmm. But a wounded man who lost both his legs is. Right. I mean, and when, when the teacher does lose his legs, he's, that's when he's just like, yeah, no, I'm dead. Kill me, please. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, now I'm, now I'm useless. Do it. I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. I can't fight. Because yeah. fighting is the only value of, uh, only measure of whether your life is valuable or not. In this world, yes, exactly. It's why whenever somebody says, like, if you want healthcare, or you want this or that, why don't you just join the military? Um, you sh- that shouldn't be your own only option. Correct. Because I don't want to have to experience that. And some people aren't meant for the military. I think uh, Tyler, me and you are definitely of that. You know. No, I would, I would, I would 
not make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would not make it past boot camp. I no, would pussy no, out. I don't think I, don't think I would. Uh, I, I think after I see my first bug on battle, I would be. I'd definitely be a coward. Yeah. I would. I mean, like, I, 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 I'm aware that a lot of people in in the U.S. Army do not see combat. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the threat that I could. Correct. Uh, not not th- like the threat that you could, but also the toll that comes with like e- whether or not you see battle, you're still gonna have to put in the work. Um, it's it's not easy. It's not you, you don't just sign up for the military because you want to free ride through college, essentially. Yeah. Um, but that's that that is the option that. Uh, is appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, because you know there's definitely such thing as a poverty draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so then we get like our big climax where they, you know they escape. Uh, Izzy dies. Then the love square is partially solved. Uh, now it's just a love triangle between Xander, Rico, and uh, Carmen. Um. And, you know, then you get the, uh, how do I put this? Very, 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 very fascist moment of uh, seeing children. Like, we, like you know, it's implied all these characters are teenagers joined, but like they actually found some teenager teenagers, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. That's kind of what we were watching. Like, okay, so... When we when we were in the high school, none of these people looked like actual teenagers. But now that like some time has passed, we're teenagers, and these kids actually look like kids. Now. Yeah, exactly. And there's something very very bad feeling about that. Right, because you're, when you're so desperate for manpower, children. Yeah. That's like it's, you see um, a child in uniform in the fir- in like the, in the very first um yeah and it, it's kind of like is it's like some sort of within the world gag type deal like it's mm-hmm. one of those things that the, oh this must be like a silly in their world thing but um yeah because in the be you see that in the beginning during the propaganda clip and everyone's just like I'm doing my part and the kids like I'm doing my part and everyone's just like. <laughs> He's and like fully it, uniformed in front of, with in the group of soldiers that are all holding guns. But also like the movie weaponizes youth is really interesting. Yeah. Cuz that's something that happens a lot with fascism in real life. Well, hey, Jojo Rabbit um you know, we have a competition who mentions that first whenever we talk about movies, I think. Honestly, um, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, um, you know, think about how the big ending of that movie is like mostly children being sent to go fight when the Volkstrom mm-hmm. takes place. Yeah, but like, even like during the propaganda clips, uh, you see the kids like, they're just like, hey kids, play with these guns. And they're like, whoa, awesome. And then yeah. there's like children holding fucking rifles. And aiming them like, with a zero gun safety whatsoever, like they're they're like fighting over a gun at one point. 
and and then you ha they have the other clip later. I think um, I don't remember the sequence of these clips, but um, oh, the stomping, all, like, the bugs. stomping on the roaches, and that woman is having a grand old time. Oh, dude, it's it's, it's she was born for that role. Um, just, like, yeah, God gave her a, pur a purpose, and, and it was to that be ecstatic. single scene. Yeah, so. Yeah, so we get the last them. mission. Uh, their ship gets shot down. Carmen and Xander are stranded. Meanwhile, Rico's kicking bug ass, and they goes hunting, and suddenly he's, he decides to abandon their rescue mission for them because he, as he says, they're already dead. But then suddenly something changes, and he's suddenly driven to go find them with his platoon. It happens so quickly. He's like, they're already dead. Whatever. Uh, we don't. We can't rescue them. And, but then, like, then like a minute later he's just like we have to go save them i i don't know how it's just a feeling but i, I think she's still alive yeah it's one of those things like sir did you just say they were dead like five seconds ago <laughs> it's literally like a minute between those two sentences uh, um but then they have to go rescue her and then the brain bug comes out what um yep the brain bug your <laughs> favorite scene in the movie uh, I, there, there's literally nothing I hate more than that fucking brain bug. It's, 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 it's a smooth brain with spider eyes and a vagina mouth. <laughs> the only Tyler, what would you say the only good bug is? A dead bug, and especially a dead brain bug. Cause God, fuck that thing. Um, it's and then and then like a goopy, uh, spiky arm comes out of its vagina mouth, and then like sucks the brains out of xander <laughs> yep which he, he got that bad suck <laughs> he got the good suck <laughs> sent him into the next dimension uh literally um, killed him right <laughs> to, to anybody listen we're sorry we know we're idiots Continuing. Listen, if you've seen the movie, which you sh if if you're if you if you're still listening right now, I'm I'm assuming you've seen it because goddamn, we spoiled this whole thing already. And you know like, what I'm not. talking about, and you are. <laughs> we're not anyway. making this up. <laughs> That's exactly how it looks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, now they're about to kill Dizzy, but suddenly, Rico shows up holding a motherfucking nuke. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, you know what this is, right? <laughs> Yeah, which you know, holding a nuke, very, very awesome thing in a way. Yeah. But then of course, uh the bugs are just like, fuck that. And then the homie one of sugar. I can't remember his name, but the black guy dies again. <laughs> sugar. His name was Sugar too. That was like his first name, Sugar. Yeah. Um, I always yeah. gotta kill the black guy. <laughs> yeah unironically he didn't die first this time a lot of people died before him but it still happened <laughs> no it was uh, the uh, but then he... it was the farm yokel who died first which I guess fuck me yeah but hey he has a, he goes out with style with a nuke he's, he's just like he's like yo get the fuck out of here I'll detonate the nuke and then blows the place up um, yeah and uh, then we get Nazi, uh, Nazi, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Neil Patrick 
Paris, Paris. like progressively becomes more and more like he his his uniform gets more and more Nazi like like every time you see him. And you can't tell if his uniform's changing or you're just noticing new things as it progresses. Oh my god, but but by the end of the movie, he just he straight straight up looks like the fear himself. Yeah. Um and then, Yeah, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and then he touches the Fucking Zim captures the brain bug. And yeah. he touches it on the forehead. Mr. Krabs like, captures the brain bug. Yep, King himself, <sighs> it's, or it's Long Feng, like when he captured Appa. Oh my, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, "It's afraid." And then it's just like, "This is the big victory." Is that this thing's scared? Uh, scared of us now? Because fear is the most important thing because as long as we make people fear us that's how we win and then that's just kind of the end of the movie right there oh yeah yeah so let's talk about why this movie kind of resonates with us so much living in a post 9-11 yeah. america oh, wait there's one thing we forgot to mention and i think it's kind oh of yeah important. i'm well one day somebody like me is going to kill everyone every last one of your race yeah all right there's that line but there, there's the whole party scene Oh yeah! Um, oh yeah! And with fucking Jake Busey's playing Dixie the entire time on the violin. That's 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 what I wanted to bring up real quick. This man is playing fucking Dixie on the violin. And let's face it, in this world, probably not the Union version, because yeah, the Union versus, uh, you know, in the land of traitors, all that. Snakes and alligators go away. Go away. Yeah, kind of a banger. Um. <laughs> But tune in for our uh, music review channel where Tyler and I review music songs dressed in period appropriate pieces um, yeah. and talk about how they evolved. Um, only Civil War songs, though. Uh, anyway. Only Civil War. Pro- but it's very telling that this is the song that he's playing. Yeah. Like, I recognize that tune. Like, I'm just like, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. You've been to more than one Civil War in Macman. You begin to recognize that tune. <laughs> we'll all go down it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So um, that's a scene. And like, you know, also like encouraging uh, Rico to fool around with his subordinates is an interesting thing. <laughs> right. You know, um, you know, need ten minutes. Sees them fool around. You know, make that twenty. <laughs> Fuck those dying men. You get. Make sure uh, to get your you're, rocks off. You, you're about to, you're about to bang somebody, right? And then your high school history teacher <laughs> walks in on you. <laughs> I could have just imagine. like, you know what, kid? You know what, kid? Good for you. Have an extra couple minutes. Finish. And the also, job. keep in mind the predecessor was that Jake Busey staring you in the face while playing Dixie on a violin. <laughs> but um, we don't really hear anything about the Americas at all throughout this movie. We know no. they're all from Argentina. Um, well, but most of them. Most of them are from Argentina. Our central characters are. I think a few of them are hinted to be from across the world. Right. But the central characters are from Argentina. They... I'm, assu- I'm assuming... There's an alternate history with the Civil War in this universe. Mm. Oh, that might be a good point. 
Um, although, I don't know, the Civil War is to preserve, preserve the institution of slavery and white nationalism, and it seemed like they were more progressive than uh, one would believe. Yeah. Um, There's, I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't, like, surprise me if there was, like, a renewed interest in the Confederacy, though. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, for maybe one reason or another, but yes. Um yeah, and then let's talk about that other line we kind of skipped over. Uh, one day, somebody like me will kill every last one of your race. Yeah, uh, so that line is he's he Xander says that to the brain bug before he gets his brain sucked. Um, which <laughs> very interesting choice of words there, because he could say species, he could say kind you can say literally anything five bugs can, every last one yeah. of you bugs but no the, he specifically says race yeah very like the very good reason to say like say that and obviously like the big analogy is nazis like this is an analogy for nazis and in a way the enemy are all those who are you know the bugs represent the undesirables in the views of the nazis they're an enemy yeah. they, they can undermine but need to be afraid of. They're more powerful but weaker. It's, you know, fascists live in a land of contradiction. And that's, you know, there's no good fascism, um, no matter how many times uh, Prager you will try to tell you otherwise. Nationalism is kind of based. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what, I, like, every time I see a Prager you ad on YouTube, that's the vibe I get. Yeah. Um, Every but time I get the, I get the vibe of hearing the normal version of Dixie whenever I see Prager you add. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's talk about though this, like someone like me part. Let's kind of talk about though why like it relates so much to living today. Right? Right. Like, so again, uh I we were both shocked that this this is a pre 9-11 world that this film was made in. Yeah. God damn, does that signal, does it signal a lot of changes that happen as a result of that event and the cons- um, the consequent Iraq war and everything like that. Yeah. It, it is very mirroring vibe um, on the militarism that and, and nationalistic pride that comes as a result of those events because when you have a there there's a strong trend in american history i mean it's, it's a world history thing but uh specific i i it's when you when you think of pretty much most wars that america has been involved in it's tragedy followed by retaliation yeah um and you know 9-11 led to I don't know how you describe it. A world where we are just starting to consider pulling out. And like, let's face it, like pulling out, it might be the right thing for America and it is the right thing for Afghanistan. But a lot of people are going to die because we got involved in a war that wasn't ours to get involved by. Right. Like, you know, the, yeah. go the ahead. The problem with that is you get too involved to the point that pulling out would actually be detrimental because your, your involvement is so deep into their society that leaving would cause a power vacuum that would cause more issues. Which what we're um, about to do, and like that is what's going to happen. And um, 
yeah, people are going to like, let's America is going to like America has, has, and will like, you know, you know, we lost two hundred thousand some 2,300 men, but like, keep in mind, there's about a hundred thousand civilians that we are talking mm-hmm. about. Millions of children have died. Like, and I literally mean millions. I believe mm-hmm. in the first Iraq war, nearly half a million children died. And um, I right. believe that it was considered, I forget who, I believe it was Bill Clinton's uh, like press secretary might have said that it's like a price to pay for freedom or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's insane. Um, yeah. But it, this movie kind of follows that trend of like, this awful thing has happened. Now we need to rally the troops, get up that national spirit and go to war. Um, this is, it's the same thing that happens after Pearl Harbor, Lusitania, this, yeah. the USS mean. Well, and also all, Islam, this happens like, all the time. The hatred of the bugs and Islamophobia, you can draw a line there. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's things that are, are not exactly unusual to talk about, like in our society as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't have much more to say. What you got? Yeah nationalism is cringe <laughs> um no but it's the, the way this movie it, it it i i can forgive somebody for not seeing it as a, like a satire film yeah uh i i don't think i could what, i like if 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 you're just like watching it to have like a good time and you're just like not paying attention I'm like, okay, I could see how you can miss a lot of that messaging. Uh, but for anybody to like look at that and say like, no, this is awesome. Yeah. It's kind of insane to me. Yeah. I guess like, that's I want to live in that I, world. Like, I, I couldn't don't. forgive. Yeah. There, and there are like, there are legitimate people who are like, this should be the basis for like, you know, you should be required to serve, to be part of our, our society. Yeah. Like I, I was, I was like, I did some reading on this, and I'm like, I, I was, like, when it when it first came out, a lot of people didn't really like get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like it, it seems to have become like increasingly obvious now. Well, and it, you and, know, the fact that Paul Verhoeven lived under a fascist society should be a sign that uh, how things are turning out. Like this, he his, you know, Paul Verhoeven wrote the, uh, you know, he didn't write this, but he. Uh, when he uh, made this movie, Paul Verhoeven has a very distinct memoryhood of his childhood of uh, Nazis setting up V two rockets in his backyard. Yeah, he he directly experienced Nazi occupation and as a child and knows what that's like. Um, and that's that's you you can feel that experience um throughout this movie because the because I'm. The, the way it presents the, the society it's it's kind of just shows the horrors of idealism because um, you can imagine this perfect country um, that the government wants to show you but then when you, once you get to the reality of it it's brutal <laughs> um and I guess that brings me to our kind of last thing, which is, uh, you know, 
it moving forward it's like you know this is kind of like a how to recognize fascism even if it you know fascism doesn't need swastikas necessarily no um like there's a lot of this there's a couple things in this movie that seem to be pretty cool like like the high school like that whole whole high school stuff like this just seems like a normal place to like the i guess like the untrained eye who doesn't really have um you know the fascist raider on <laughs> let me just say that um but no that, that whole high school section like this this world seems pretty nice to live in um once but like once you start peeling back those layers i'm like there's there's like you know some events that are like implied to have happened or some things in this social structure are not what they seem the whole thing with you have to um serve in the military to be considered a citizen is one of those things where i'm just we're like that that's one of those hints that you get is i'm like oh no this this society's kind of fucked even though it looks super cool initially and it's not until yeah. like you know like the whole action-packed second half of the movie where those cracks start and i think the way to look at this movie is that this movie is a propaganda piece from that society yeah and i think that's a really good way to uh describe it yeah um so on that note uh we've been the outliers thanks for joining us um and see us next week <laughs>